Hello, 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 and welcome to Five Star Potential, the weekly football manager podcast brought to you by those at WeStream FM. Of course, as per usual, I'm not on my own. This week, I have the delightful pleasure of introducing you to Mr. Kurt Dog. Kurti, hello. Hello, how are you? I'm good. We also have Mr. Teach. How's it going? Good, thank you, sir. Mr. Dave Azapardi, hello, sir. Uh, hello. Uh, 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 hello. <laughs> and uh, rounding us off is Mr. Doop. Good day, sir. Good day to you. Right, Mr. Dupe, as you've uh, rounded us off, do you want to get us kicked off with uh, your save update for Forest Green Ro- Ro- Rovers, please? Oh, yeah, it's very interesting this week, actually, Nerd. Um, well, as of Monday, so that was when the last pod came out, uh, Forest Green Rovers was put on the back burner uh, on end of Season 5, start of Season 6, and uh, we managed to get the band back together. Uh, me and Teach has uh, jumped headfirst into a brand new network save. Uh, and it's uh, it's pretty exciting, isn't it, Teach? Yeah, I mean, I'll jump in there and say, Matt, thank you for all the support and keeping up with up to date with what we're up to. <laughs> I was, um, I have been keeping up to date. I wanted to. It was this was the whole point. It was. Uh, I was waiting for someone to to think on their feet and actually introduce. Oh, it was supposed to be a big surprise for those of them that haven't been watching and paying attention because there's only you're only uh, two nights deep into it so far. Mm. Better save than De Gea. Yeah, it's um, it's good. It's good. It's it was one of them. Dupe and I had, had spoke many times since the release of eighteen about the feasibility. What with uh, Dupe's change in, in in work and stuff, and his unavailable uh, his inavailability due to being on call quite a lot. So it was always going to be quite tricky for us to go into network saves. Hence why we did Argentina, and Forest Green, um, and uh, if we were going to get back into the network save, it was always going to be based on it being a relatively clean transition for each of us and the chances of that happening was was you know quite slim us both being at the back end of a season at the exact same time and we got our heads together on monday we 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 talked out whether it was a thing and then monday evening there we were kings of milan um so yeah so it's only a couple of days in at the minute uh very very early in pre-season but it's uh, it's been good it's been good uh, it's very familiar is the best way to describe it has it been weird going back to something that was admittedly so familiar? Because obviously you, it wasn't just a one-off thing. You'd streamed together for quite a while, but then you've also had probably the equal amount of time away from one another. So was it a bit odd trying to sort of just sort of, or was it like a uh, a nice fitting glove? I'm going to go for glove, not anything filthy there, to be honest. I think that's probably the better option. Mm, glove. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was... It was strange, and I think Dupe would say the same. And, it's, and I mean strange, and yes, the, the channels both started with network saves and did do for, for a good number of months thereafter. But of course, we uh, we went off, we did our own things, so you end up with your your own space. Um, so I think coming back together, it's, I mean, it wouldn't even go as far as saying it's, it's been awkward. The, the, the reaction that we've had from the views and stuff has been amazing. It's people who were there with us in the beginning who have been looking forward to this coming back. And then there's been those guys who... Never knew we did a network save and uh, were, were, were just as hyped up because they'd missed out on them first time round. So the the general the general sort of feeling is everybody's chuffed to bits and uh, yeah, it's nice. It's nice. It reinvigorates the game as well at a, at a time when you know we're all sort of four and a half months in at the moment. So it's uh, yeah, it's good. Marvelous stuff. Any parting shots from you, Mister Dupe, or have you said your piece on Milan? How are things going from from your perspective? Because you sort of introduced it and then you. 
you know, you've uh, you've not said a lot since. Uh, I'm just used to that when I'm streaming with Tim. I don't get to put a word in anyway, to be fair. Sometimes I just, you know, I just have to sit back and enjoy his lovely tone. But no, it's it's really cool. I, I luckily got AC Milan, to be fair, who absolutely got bombed by Arsenal tonight. But uh, Teach got Inter. And now it's 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 going to get interesting. Uh, Teach is currently 3-0 up for uh, the network saves. So it's time for me to bite back. It's honestly time for me to bite back. Now, I didn't catch the start of the save. I, I will admit. So how did you actually choose which of you got which team? Well, basically, uh, the last time we got to pick teams, which Leverkusen and Wolfsburg and Teach chose Leverkusen, and I went off with Wolfsburg just because we're trying to match them up pretty, as close as we could, and we didn't want to be one too biased. Uh, so so Teach just turned around and said, it's up to me which one I wanted to go for. So I chose AC. Wise choice, wise choice. Yeah, the only downside now is when he beats me, he goes, well, I beat you with the worst team. So <laughs> I said when, not if. You see, though, I actually think, I mean, obviously Milan nowadays have a, a bit of financial clout. And I, I mean, as my assumption would be you're going to have to do well in your first season and, and, and remain in Europe to ensure that financial clout stays there. Otherwise, you might find yourself in trouble money-wise. But I actually think the 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 clubs, I won't go as far as the squads, but the clubs are on a, a bit of an even keel, which was probably the, the most exciting part about doing them as a save. You have the extra story and narrative built around them, you know, uh, sort of red versus blue, you know, the the, 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 the two sort of uh, the two sort of Milan teams. But also right now in, in football they're 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 probably quite evenly matched. So uh, it should be a really, really good save and I'm hoping it's a a nip and tuck, you know, sort of One's ahead of the other and then snatches it back and so forth. It should be uh, should be good. Yeah, we've just got to hope for no no sort of financial sticky situations. Mr. Dave has a party then. Uh, moving on from from Italy, uh, how are things back in England? Yeah, so I think the the last time we spoke, I was just approaching the end of season three with Wolves, and we betted last uh, like our second season's finished after our first year in the Prem. We finished I think ninth, finished eighth last year, and a much better points tally. So we're getting closer to like a European spot. So this season, uh, there was a lot in the summer. Um, really, really early in the transfer window, Man City had put a bid in for Neves. They actually ended up spending £80 million and I couldn't really say no to that. So Ruben Neves left and we'd already had a budget of £75 million from the board. And so we had a lot of money to play with um, and I've brought in a good uh, bunch of players. I think we spent about £120 million. But that's not your only save. You've, you've, you started a new one this week with uh, Raz and Joe. Yeah, so on Twitch, um, we're hoping to do at least a couple of days a week. We are doing MLS. So I've never managed in the MLS before. Well, I think me and Duke really briefly did it for maybe even just one stream a couple of years ago. But uh, me, Raz and Joe are going into this one and we've taken fairly big teams in America. So I'm taking charge of Toronto. Joe is New York Red Bulls and Raz is New York City FC. So we're coming towards the end of our first preseason at the moment. So we're coming just towards the draft. So it's still sort of getting used to the rules and, and, and so on. And, and Joe's sort of got the upper hand on us both at the moment because he managed to get Freddie Adu on a free. So Joe's got the uh, the first point in the network save so far. Marvellous stuff. Uh, Mr. Kurt Dog, how is Nottingham Forest? Uh, Nottingham Forest are on their way to becoming great again. So I think my last pod update was uh, we were chugging along nicely in the championship. Um, we actually managed to get ourselves promoted. Uh, we finished second behind Leeds, who went on a ridiculous run 
um, towards the end of the season. I think they they won 14 games in a row and didn't concede for 13 of those games. That's so, ridiculous. Um, they, they had the title <laughs> sewn up quite early. Uh, but we, we managed to finish second. We had to avoid a 4-0 defeat by Sunderland on the last day of the season. Uh, and we ended up winning 2-0 at the Stadium of Light. So um, quite fittingly, the cum dog scored our last goal, our final goal of the championship campaign before he left for Pastures New. Um, so we've been rebuilding the squad a little bit in the summer. We've brought in a few new faces. I'm going to keep faith in a lot of the squad um, that took us up. I feel like we built that particular version of it to get us into the Premier League and with the thought that they'd be good enough to keep us up. And I genuinely think, on the most part, um, they will be good enough to keep us up. So with a few new additions, uh, Maxi Romero's been brought in. Um, we we might be looking at bringing in Eddie and Ketcher on loan as well. Um, we're going to be playing sort of quite a lot of counter-attacking football, so a little bit of pace up front will do us no harm. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 really confident going into next season, which is uh, something I was not the first time round in the Premier League. I'm glad to see that you're you're feeling a lot more prepared for this season than compared to compared to the last time round in the in the Premier League. Yeah, last last time round, I know, and I said it at the time. I felt like we'd gone up too early. I mean, as it's you know, we could have stayed up with a little bit more luck um, or a little bit better management from me. I don't know, but um, this time around, I firmly believe that we'll uh, we'll secure our Premier League position and and hopefully kick on. Out of interest, Kurt, are you um, are you are you feeling the benefits of the uh, the financial benefits of sort of the yo-yo effect having? Been up, been down, and then gone back up again. Have, have you? I mean, it's spoke about a lot in real world football of the, the, the money that can be earned, and uh, yo-yoing up and down at times cannot be too much of a bad thing. So, uh, have you have you felt anything sort of financially rewarding for that that year in, year out, year back? Well, in, I mean, in terms of transfer budget, we had we had a sort of a reasonable championship transfer budget. I think we had about. 15 20 million or something but the parachute payment that we got was like 39 million and that meant that we could afford to lose quite a lot of money month on month in the championship and still come out at the end of the season in profit um the the money you earn from TV rights in the Premier League versus our wage bill meant that we were making ridiculous amounts of money when we were in the Premier League coupled with that parachute payment it just meant that money wasn't particularly a concern um, so we've we've gone into the season with like twenty five pound or twenty five million pounds in in the black, um, and we've been given a fifty million pound transfer budget, and I'm quite happy to spend that because the wage budget is still relatively low, which means I know we'll be making money month on month anyway. Marvelous stuff. Glad to see that you're not uh, being being sort of chastised or held back by financial constraint so much this time because I know it was something you were, you were very concerned about last time uh, I well talking of financial constraint I'm very much held back by finances this season um, with our, our, our first season back in the championship preparation has basically finished just we've just played our first game of the season against Swansea and lost rather unfortunately a shocking tackle by Corey Evans uh, meant that we were down to 10 for 45 minutes when we were in the ascendancy and looking to to beat Swansea who were one of the teams to get relegated uh, unfortunately we lost 1-0 to a, an absolute bullshit goal quite honestly and the, Borgia Baston was still up front for them and couldn't hit a barn door 
um, and until he hit that one goal that went in. So rather annoyed about that, but we we uh, we go onwards. We I think we we haven't signed a player for actual money so far this season, or um, relying on loans and the free transfers to to bulk out the rest of it. What was your transfer budget going into the season? It was three hundred and fifty k. Um, it's now up to one point five million, I think. Um, having sold about seven million pounds worth of players, we've got the the dreaded twenty five percent of transfer revenue retained thing. So it's it's rather annoying to be honest. And we've got a fair, fairly sizable wage budget left, but I'm I'm sort of trying to approach it how you did with your initial turn to the Premier League, where I'm trying not to spend it because I do not trust Venkis and their sort of financial management at all. They'll quite happily say we've got millions left when we clearly haven't. So, And being 120-odd million in debt as it is, not exactly ideal. Anyway, so uh, the team meeting this week is inspired by, once again, our poll, which uh, was focused upon uh, youth intakes. So, obviously, I will remember this week, once again, to, to tell you about the results of the poll uh, once we've had our little discussion, a little chat about it. But who wants to kick us off with uh, with all things youth intake? Anyone got any lovely opinions? Mr. Kurt Dog, let's go with you, sir. Um, so, yeah, I, it's, a, it's an interesting one, the youth intake, because I don't... Like, I think a lot of people seem to think that the youth intake is random. I don't believe that can be the case. Um, you know, otherwise, what's the point of having a head of youth development investing in youth facilities, investing in youth re- recruitment? Um, I just don't see how it can be how it can be the case. Um, I, for one, I always make sure I get a, a head of youth development who has got a good personality. Um, usually, you know, pr- professional would be the ideal one. Um, and I'll always try and invest in those sort of in those youth facilities and, and youth uh, recruitment and try and sort of pressurize the board because it has to have an effect i mean i've i've been through several um youth intake days and so far in my forest save we've pulled out one gem who we've mentioned previously on the pod uh james smith and a few other players who might be good enough to develop to sell um but just the, just that one gem so far um but i it's a strange one because I see other people doing the same, and I know Teach, you're probably going to come in shortly, so I won't tread on your toes too much. I see other people doing the same and, and it having sort of not very much effect, but I just I don't see how it can't be uh, pertinent to make sure you're investing in this stuff, um, and it just it's got to give you a better chance, surely. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I don't think it's completely random, but I do believe. The stars have to align beautifully for it to come off, and and probably rightfully so. I mean, if everyone did everything that they could, and and I'm one of them, whom much like yourself, Curti, will go out and try and find the best youth development sort of uh, head of youth development who fits tactic and is professional and is still bloody good at his job. Um, and in Argentinos, we time after time improve youth facilities to get them as best as they can and. Alongside that, of course, your nation has to be has to be sort of one of those nations that has a high volume of um, of of, uh, of great players coming through the youth system, and so you've got all these different factors working in your favour. And sorry, not working in your favour, but working t- together to try and to try and get this 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 good youth set up. But 
as much as I don't believe it is completely random, and by completely random, what I mean there is I don't believe year after year you're going to get uh, five-star potential uh, wonder kids that are actually genuine five stars when you look at them you know they've already got great physicals mentals or technicals whatever it may be I don't think you're going to get them year after year at a shite club in a shite league with poor uh, youth facilities poor junior coaching because you can go of course speak to the board and make sure you're spending money on the on the on the uh, youth recruitment youth uh, youth coaching and all that sort of stuff if you've done none of that and you're at a poor club in a, in a, in a poor league in the world you're not going to get that five star player every year so it does show that you that doing something uh, doing something with your head of youth development and doing something with your youth recruitment in general is going to help but by no means guarantees six seasons in Argentinos with every season our facilities and our spend on uh, on on youth recruitment and the youth coaching and stuff increasing um and I got nothing not a single thing, and I'm in mean, that's in Argentina, one of the uh, one of the hotbeds, you know. Um, and I can't tell you how bloody frustrating that was because the the whole narrative around Argentinos was a, a you know sort of similar uh, similar del mundo, you know the old the, the old seed garden at Argentinos with the great players coming through it. Um, so, as much as I don't believe that it is completely random, I do believe you can do absolutely everything, absolutely everything in your power and still get shat on from a great height for many years to come. Yeah, I, I agree to well with what both of you have said, really. I think one of the first things many of us do when we start up a new save is obviously go and check out the, uh, the staff as a whole. And and a lot of us want to make sure the head of youth development, obviously, for the future is, is pretty good. I've been quite fortunate on my last few saves. Obviously, I was in Germany last year with 1860 Munich and... In general, the German youth system is very, very strong for a lot of teams. So staff-wise, it was good. And uh, I got quite a good number of uh, young players in that one, a lot of them which actually ended up playing in the first team. Obviously, in Germany, the frustrating thing is you can't play them till they're 17, so you do have to wait a couple of years. But even this year, I've had pretty good luck with uh, youth intakes. I've got a couple that have come in and... and also, obviously, in the next year or so, I'm going to be able to be putting a few of those in my first team. I've even got one of them as the youngest Premier League goal scorer now, which is pretty good on the wall save. But um, as a whole, you know, you, you look at your, your head of youth development, you could have that as all the stats at 20. Uh, you could have the best youth facilities. You could have the best youth recruitment. But you always do need that little bit of luck for, for youth intakes. Um, and I think, uh, like Teach said, he's not been uh, too lucky this year. I've had a little bit of luck, and I, I think, as I say, I think luck is is part of it at times as well. You see, I can only echo, I can only really echo what what, what, you, what you've all said because for me, first and foremost, I I make sure I, I constantly update my youth facilities, constantly do it. It's free money. Well, it's not free money, but it, it's the best way to get a good return is by making a youngster. You make a lot more money out of that. Than trying to trying to buy a a, re, a new gen and, and and turn them into something brilliant, um. But I've never had anyone that I've just gone. He's amazing. He's brilliant. He's he ticks all the boxes. Uh, and even going back to when I used to play when I was a bit younger, I still cannot remember having an amazing player. So maybe I'm just not one of those lucky guys. That's I find that I mean I don't know how long you've been playing the game deep, but I find that astonishing that you can't remember about, sort of about two and a half weeks yeah <laughs> uh dave i know you managed ajax and obviously they're sort of renowned 
obviously a few yeah. games ago now, but I know you managed Ajax. I know they're sort of renowned for bringing through youngsters. Did you do you specifically remember sort of better youngsters coming through at at Ajax than you than you found sort of managing elsewhere? Um, I definitely had a good amount of youngsters. Um, obviously Ajax uh, in, in real life tend to play quite a young squad anyway. I had a guy called V-Bolt. He was a left back and he was incredible. He was really, really good. And it, the the, end, the save almost ended because of the one sum of the board actually sold him um, going past me. And that really, really frustrated me because he was, he was probably one of the best regions I've had, especially for, for that sort of position. So, yeah, and I, I saw it a lot in Germany too. I think the mo- most frustrating thing about Germany is that the values are very, very different to in England, as a lot of you probably know. So in Germany, with the players that I got, if I had them for any English team, I was probably getting like in excess of 30 million for a lot of those regions. But in Germany, you probably only get five to 10 million tops for them. So, but in, but in Ajax as a whole, I think I did I did see it a lot. But the, the, one of the, uh, the, the coolest things I've seen uh, in youth intakes over the past few years was I did a Chelsea save probably three or four years ago and I had my manager as Maltese and after a few years they start obviously when you're um, well I don't know it might just be completely random when you're sort of more into the club the scouting knowledge is getting bigger so the club obviously had a bit of scouting knowledge on Malta they brought in two Maltese regions who were both five star potential which for me I'd never seen before. So it was a really, really cool thing to see. But it was sort of at that more annoying time when the next FM was just about to come out. So I never really saw them come to, to full light. A tiny little tangent um, with youth intake. Anyone had a son before? Nope. No, never. No. Never. Uh, anyone seen it like live on stream or anything like that? I've seen no. videos on it, but oh. not seen... I don't think I've seen it live, no. I've never got, personally, long enough into a save to, to get a son. Yeah. I've never yeah. had that opportunity, so I think I'm not. I'm, I don't know if there's like a like a starting point where you have had to get so deep into a save that it becomes a possibility. Uh, I'm not sure. Not sure whether it's like 15 years or something like that, or or if it's even based on your manager's age. Obviously, I mean, years ago you used to have to start at like 30, and whereas now you can start as young as 25, I think. Mm. So I, I don't know if that has any impact there. Um, for, I mean. I'm quite lucky this year, being Blackburn. Blackburn have got a pretty decent youth academy as as far as things go, and I, I did say when when we first got relegated to to League One, it will be a really good opportunity in in real life for some of the youngsters to actually get blooded into the first team, which is is something that a lot of them weren't really getting those opportunities, and we had quite a few get poached from from clubs that were actually higher in in higher divisions. Like um, Conor Mahoney is is a is a prime example where Bournemouth saw potential, and then he's just not played for them, and then he's he's on a loan at Barnsley at the moment. But uh, in my in my save, I've had a youth intake now, and I've had two very good strikers, both come through as regens, uh, who have got. One of them, Sean Bull, has got ridiculous potential, and I've already had big bids from from Southampton, like million plus for him. Uh, you, I've, you, you, you're well versed in ranking Costello as well, Dupe, and you know how good he is in terms of uh, potential. Although his attributes aren't exactly matching up with that in my save, although his performances are. Yeah, I mean, again, to go on a little tangent. We all see sort of regens come through in our own teams, and if they're good enough, we sort of. Well, this is probably a, a couple of questions, maybe a slightly off topic of the actual intake. 
and more sort of youth development itself. Do you guys sort of leave them in your academies uh, to sort of settle or do you sort of try and loan them out straight away or try and keep them in the academies for one or two years, then loan them out? But also, obviously, a few years into the saves, we tend to see a lot of regen scouts coming up. I think the scouting centre is quite useful for that this year. But do any of you or have you ever actively gone out on regen intake day and scout everyone and to see if you can find the best players and get them on pre-contracts or on a cheap? I'll come in with that. No, I don't do that. I, I, I do not have the patience and the want and the will um, to to go through and check every player that's come through every club on particular days. And I know people are into that and we say this all the time, you play the game however you want, but that is just not for me. When it comes to sort of what you are doing with uh, with those youth, I think it, a lot of it depends on we're sat here now and we're talking about youth. And I think I think it's fair to say we're all sat here talking about whether you get that that one special guy. You know, I'm not talking about, you can have youth intakes and still have a pretty decent youth intake of players who, if you're willing to put the time in, you will get something from them. But I think we're, it's fair to say we're probably talking about getting that bit of something special, that guy who's instantly got something about his game. And with those players, for me personally, I try and put them straight into the first team. Now that can that can actually damage uh, sort of uh, the, the upward curve uh, because, you know, to some degree... Uh, keeping them at a relatively uh, a relatively low level, uh, not low level, but in the reserves and whatnot, giving them game time there while getting a bit of tutoring and I'm stepping them up is probably the right way to do it. But I've always had success with a player instantly getting first team football, and it's big growth that that they get. So um, yeah, that's the that's pretty much in and around the way I do it. What I uh, in fact now I've got something else to say, but I know that there's a few of you guys who want to talk about this one, so I'll hang back. I'll be really quick. Uh, yeah, I just I, I think the best way to to get the most out of a player and develop a player is is getting tutored by by a player that's going to help him. But also watch him. Don't 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 send him out on loan if you feel he can do a job. Then then chuck him straight in the deep end. I did that with a couple of players at Far Screen and and really reaped the reward for it. To be perfectly honest, it is um, it's quite quite difficult. I think, and I, and I I find it more difficult the further the divisions you go up and the more successful you are to actually find the time to give them opportunities. And I don't think just giving them a run in the cup game is, is going to be sufficient. And it, it can, can sometimes be a bit of a, a hard choice to see whether loading them out is going to be the best option or trying to, you know, risk. It's, it's very much risk versus reward with a lot of these players because I've had a couple of the youngsters, particularly in either whether it be pre-season friendlies or cup games that I've tried in, and they've had absolute shockers uh, and I, I can't uh, I can't remember his first name Wharton is the, the centre half the amount of headers he misses that lead to goals is unbelievable I was doing like a, a post-season check-up of uh, mistakes leading to goals and he was absolutely considering he played about four games three mistakes leading to goals absolutely disgusting behaviour I mean I the, the, the question I wanted to ask and it is what do we classify as a a bad intake is it just everyone's awful or just one one half decent player where where do we find that sort of cut off point is, is are there degrees of bad that we 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 sort of classify things by i think a bad bad intake would be where you see absolutely no no one of any value 
um, whether they be potential first team players for you or potential develop to sell players. Um, like just going back to sort of Dave's question about um, do you loan players out? I mean, I've been in a situation quite a lot with Forest where I've not had a suitable tutor for for young players. So at that point, I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's better to loan them out because they're not. Um, you know, I could throw them into the first team squad and that would be great, but they're not going to play every game. They're not, you know, they might get sort of five, ten games over the course of a season. Whereas if I send them out on loan, um, they're going to get thirty games, um, and I've not got a tutor to to a suitable someone to tutor them anyway. So, is it better that they're getting first team football elsewhere, or is it you know should I be keeping them around and 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 developing them at my club, even though they're going to get less game time? You see, the first thing I did for when I took over at AC Milan is uh, brought back probably one of the best tutors possible, which was uh, Perlo. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Uh, if you want to see a bad intake, Matt, come and watch the uh, Kings of Milan when it's intake day, because I'm pretty sure me and Teach will have a bad one, because uh, we don't know what a good intake looks like, do we, Teach? We certainly do not. That's uh, that's something I was going to say. First of all, I'll touch on what uh, Curtie was saying. Another thing that you've got to be very considerate of, okay, you may not have the ideal tutor for said young player, but like in particular Argentinos, and this is to touch on Matt's question, even though my previous three intakes, the best player I got based on my squad's average, because as we all know, the, the, the star potential is based on what, what what is currently at your club. The best player I got was three stars. So for me, they were bad intakes, all three of them. And that was the highlight of the three, the last three intakes I had. But when it comes to loaning a player out, you've still got to have that thought process of how the club's training setup is. So, for example, I didn't really have any plans to loan out um, my any any of my sort of dare I say if I'd bloody got any decent decent youngsters because I'd gone out of my way to ensure that my coaching team as well as my reserve coaching team were the best in their perspective leagues now of course that would mean that if you're going to hang on to them and chuck them in the reserves and they apply the trade there because you believe that you've got decent coaching to give them of course it's going to lack that edge of getting the first team football at another club but the argument here would be do you send them to another club who's going to play them for 30 games in a season but you know their 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 training systems you know toss you know or, or, or really poor you know what you know where do you draw the line when it comes to that yeah, I, I agree with that as well because with the youth players or whenever I'm sending someone out on loan, you can get sort of at times 10, 15 offers, but the ones I always accept or tend to accept is the ones that is either a key player or first teamer. And normally if they're paying all the wage, because that way I know obviously I'm getting a little bit more income. And if they're the key player or first teamer, I know they're going to get football then rather than a rotation or backup. What's the point in me sending them out on loan? Yeah, they're probably not going to play that many games so I'd rather keep them so if I am ever sending them out on loan especially at a young age I want them to be playing as much football as I can and that way it's probably their best best way they're going to at least grow a little bit but I know in game when you loan players out the AI doesn't tend to help youth players grow a bit so I can see your point Tobes about you trying to get them into the first team trying them to get them playing uh, first team football It's a good point that um, with regards to looking at other clubs facilities and stuff like I I've been one to look at a manager's working with youngsters rating I always think that's quite important if I've got a prospect and I can't see um 
a way that I can tutor him or get him into the first team. Um, I'll, I'll look at the working from youngsters, look at the other managers working from youngsters rating, and I'll I'll generally lean towards sending him uh, to a club where that particular manager's got a better rating. But uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting point actually about the youth facilities. That's something something I'll take notice of in the future. I think. Yeah, I, do you know when loading out? I've never even thought about checking out the other manager, the other facilities, the physio, you know, the, the medical team. Now, which I assume, if you're going to send out one of your assets, that's something that you should really kind of look into in big detail. If they get injured, if the, the medical team going to be good enough to keep them as good, you know, as fit as they should be, it, you know, that's really kind of made me think about it. To be perfectly honest, and do you know what the worst of it is? Like, I, I come up with things like this because I've read. So many articles, so many articles, be it from, uh, I've, I've read a few on Passion for FM, uh, Higher Tempo, I've, I've read articles. It's probably when it comes down to football managing stuff, I actually go out to read and research. Probably one of the most read things for me personally is when it comes down to you, because as you guys know, I always like to focus on you. For whether I buy in, which inadvertently that's what I've had to do at Argentina, so I had to go out and buy these youngsters to use rather than rather than farm my own but no matter how much you be, you begin to understand about what's required although we said earlier on um that you know there's an element of randomness i just think when it comes to this game and 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 the the widespread nature of everything involved in this game for me personally youth intakes youth recruitment and everything round, wrapped around is such a black art it is untrue. I read these people on Twitter. People come into me chat on stream, so oh, just have me youth intake, check this out, and I've got four or five star players and this and the other, and I'm like, you jammy bastard, because I do everything in my fucking power to try and get as good as I can get, and I always end up falling flat on my face. And as Duke said before, I've already earmarked the Inter Milan uh, youth intake, and I can guarantee you it'll be shite. I bet people though, they listen, I mean, every week we talk about something and it just makes me think, oh, that's such a good idea. I'm going to start doing that. And like, it's not going to be just me. It's going to be people listening to the pod and people listening to the pod can probably relate to what you just said, Toes. Some people are probably like, what's all the fuss about? I do get like five stars every every intake. But then other people are going to be like, I literally, like I'm the same. I get nothing during my intake. What am I doing wrong? So every week we suggest things and I'm, I'm learning things, even though I've played FM for probably not as long as you guys, but... I've been playing FM, but I'm still always learning from like talking in these pods as well. That's the joys, Dave. Every day's a score day, my man. Every day's a score day. <laughs> the one thing that I, I know we're sort of getting a bit pressed for time, but I do wonder if locale and location of the club has a has a, a weighting on any of this, because there must be a reason why you're told where they've come from, and Blackburn always seem to get decent ones. Uh, it, it doesn't matter whether whether the AI is playing for the, playing playing as the the manager or uh, a human is managing them. They always get at least one higher than three star potential youngster come through in every single youth intake that I've seen, and in other people's saves as well. I've seen it. So, uh, and same for United. I mean, the United obviously have got a fantastic youth system, but but then I wonder if you've got the likes of Arsenal, Chelsea, Spurs, who have got a very uh, they're very close to each other, and I wonder if that maybe impacts how uh, how many sort of uh, high potential youngsters they come through or get through in their youth intakes. I know certainly club reputation plays a part. So obviously, as you can imagine, young kid growing up, 
you know, um, he's got his options as he turns sort of 15, 16. He's got a couple of clubs chasing, uh, a couple of clubs chasing him. You know, is he going to go to, uh, you know, is he going to go to Liverpool or is he going to go to Tranmere? Of course, the kid's going to pick Liverpool because the reputation of the club precedes itself uh, and everything else. But I've never really thought about location. It's an interesting one because every every new gen on the game has a place of birth. You know, quite a dialed in place of birth as well. Uh, so, yeah. It's, a, it's certainly an interesting one, or whether that's maybe randomised, which again brings us back to people getting getting overly lucky and other people getting unlucky. I don't know, but uh, I know that uh, I know that country uh, the the country itself has a as a uh, sort of dare I say a a, a hidden stat slash figure in which uh, in which the uh, the youth are generated, and then I know that uh, club reputation plays a part because that's what I was working towards with Argentina. I was trying to up the reputation because I've literally done everything else. But uh, hey-ho, it's, it's, it's already making me depressed. <laughs> the last point that I'll, I'll add is um, going down on the route of location, uh, you're saying that if you'd, you'd pick a bigger team. But for example, what about the teams in those bigger teams' shadow? Would they get a slightly better um, youth intake because oh, well, the ones that this big team didn't want, they go... To that other local team, I don't know, and just putting kind of putting putting things out there. But I think that that, that could potentially ever 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 gravitas to it. I mean, your point about the the lower teams, you'll never know until they get higher as to how good or how higher potential those players actually have, because they may well be five star, say at Forest Green, using your example at League Two level. But that means bugger all when you get to the Premier League that they could well just be like a, a single star by that point so you'll never actually be able to use that unless a bigger club signs them and then actually sees but then you've all, then but then it's not exactly a fair test because you've got better youth facilities you've got better trainers uh, trainers coaches and everything like that so it's not a fair fight and it is very much the same as real life anyway we've gone on long enough with this and we need to get our poll results out to you because you've taken the time to vote so the question we asked was uh, when slash if you have had a bad youth intake do you uh, sack the head of youth development invest in youth facilities or uh, nothing it's all random so uh, rounding off the bottom is sack the head of youth development which is a uh, 12% of that, then we have a dead heat. A dead heat. Invest in youth in, in facilities and nothing is all random, both with 44%. Wow. Um, just wanted to say the 12% that said sack the head of youth development, um, the head of youth development does not determine the quality of player that comes through on intake day. Intake day. He affects personality and potential position of players. So for example, if he his preferred formation is a uh, a four-four-two narrow diamond. He probably won't bring through wingers, um, but he does not affect the quality of players that come through. So that, the twelve percent that said sack the youth head of youth development, you're wasting your time. If I could have, I would have. I would have ticked all three at Argentinos following that third youth intake that I touched before. My head of youth development got booted out of that club fast as fuck uh, because he'd let me down three years running, and he had everything about him when it comes to both his attributes when it comes to his personality and him not necessarily mirroring my formation directly, but certainly using the roles that I needed. And he was a very professional guy and the useless prick still couldn't bring anyone in. So if I could have in that, in that vote, I would have voted sat the head of youth development because it would have been, uh, it would have been very uh, hypocritical if I hadn't, because I fucking done that. Uh, what was the second one again? 
Investing facilities. facilities. Fucking done that three times, got fuck all. And the third one was random, which exactly feels like what I've been dealt when I was in Argentina. Thank you, good night, much love. (laughs) There was was a lot of, like, interaction, though, even just the poll. Sometimes we don't get much people sort of talking, they just click and vote. But this this week's was... There was quite a few people, and I think um, Dodge writer David Dodgson like summed it up quite well. He goes, "I usually make my own head of youth development appointment when I join a club, and if I don't like the look of the current one, and I always go for facility upgrades when I can. Even with all the pieces in place, though, I often get an odd dud year, and I think that's probably the case for uh, a lot of us anyway. Obviously, excluding Tobes, who seems to have a dud year every year. <laughs> <laughs> Card is marked, well and truly. Yes." Well, it's that time once again. He's returned. Uh, so there may be no cheerleaders in skimpy skirts or local oddballs trying to hit the crossbar with an oversized inflatable, but we do have... Curtis Quiz! Can I just say I heard the qu- I heard the quiz last week, Deep? And uh, I, it just upset me that you'd forgotten how to read that week. Um, <laughs> Was, um, uh, I, can I just add a, I mean, shots fired, but um, <laughs> that week, uh, I just genuinely can't read, mate. Um, thanks for taking the mickey. Uh, ED on this pod, mate, ED. That's all right. That's all right. We'll fight afterwards. Um, so today's pod uh, has centred around youth intake and our own methods when it comes to bringing in youngsters through. So with that in mind, the subject of today's quiz has to be players who may have been considered wonder kids in FM and in real life. We've not done a Wonder Kids quiz for a while, so I thought we'd touch upon it once again. Um, so obviously, usual rules apply. First to buzz in or shout your name uh, has the first opportunity to answer the question. If you get that question wrong, you are eliminated from the rest of that question and subject to the Viking Dan rule. One point per answer. And uh, there is a tiebreaker if we need to go to it. And uh, to be honest, even if we don't need to go to it, I'm probably going to read the tiebreaker out because I love the question. <laughs> Wrote it myself. Um, so we'll start as always with question number one. Are we all prepared and ready? Aye. Good. Um, which striker burst onto the scene for Man United, scoring a second half break? Teach. Teach. Makeda. Is minus one point. Oh, I know who it is now. <laughs> scoring a second half brace in a Europa League Dupe. game. Dupe. Rashford is correct. One point. Question number two. Which former West Ham youth prospect was dubbed potentially the new Pele by the Sun newspaper? The now 36-year-old Teach. Joe Cole. He's back to zero. Yeah, it's not not like the British media to build someone up. I tell you what, though, I love Joe Cole. What a player! That goal against Sweden. Oh, oh, sorry, I'm not sorry. I'll let you get back to your quiz, but unfucking believable. He's still playing, you know. Still yeah. playing. Tampa yeah, yeah. Bay Rowdies. Uh, question number three: Which striker made his England debut in February 1998 against Chile, and went on to score one of the best World Cup goals of all time in that year's tournament against Argentina? Dupe. Michael Owen. Is correct. Question number four. Which Scottish manager refused to try and sign Lionel Messi Dave. after his... Dave? McLeish. McLeish is correct. Yeah. 
Question number five. Racing through it. Which French midfielder left Manchester United in 2012? Teach. Teach. Pogba. Pogba is correct. Question number six. Belgian midfielder Kevin De Bruyne left Chelsea in 2014 to sign for which German club? Teach. Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg is correct. Couldn't get it out. That's what she said. (laughs) Question number seven. Can you name, can you give me the name of the Italian former wonder kid in FM and in real life who set his house on fire after letting off, that was Teach. Balotelli. Balotelli is correct. Question number eight. Now we can't do a quiz about wonder kids and not mention Freddy Adu. Adu broke onto the scene as a 14-year-old in the MLS for DC United and secured his move to Europe in 2007, signing for which Portuguese club? Dave? Benfica. Benfica. I've got a picture next to his shirt, actually, when I went to the Benfica Stadium. I was pointing at you. No one could, obviously, we use video when we're doing this. I was pointing at Dave like, this has got to be yours. (laughs) I knew it. it. Uh, Question number nine. A Scottish wonder kid now. Name the player who started his career at Rangers in 2007. Dave. Dave. John Fleck. Dave in there very early, but he is correct. Um, and he was the first player not to be inducted into the Five Star Potential Wonder Kid Hall of Fame. Brave. Rip. Rip the Hall of Fame. Uh, question number 10. Now, this is all important. We could have a three-way tie. Name the German attacking midfielder who started his career at Dortmund and, as many promising young German players do, moved to Bayern Munich in 2013. Dave. Dupe. Dave. Goethe. Goethe is correct. Come on. Achieved the small feat of scoring the winning goal in the World Cup final. Um, so that's the, that's the end of the quiz. So I'll, I'll read the results and then we're going to do the tiebreaker because fuck it, we're going to do the tiebreaker. Um, in fourth place with zero points is Mr. Nerd. So... Unlucky nerd. Uh, in third place, two points, is Dupe. Well done, Dupe. Um, second place with three points. He started with a negative, but pulled himself back, uh, is Teach with three. There he is, shaking his head. And the winner, retaining his crown, I believe, with four points, is Dave as a party. Congratulations, Dave. So I did write a tiebreaker. I want to do this now because I I love the question and it's nearest wins. So if you could all have a guess, that would be grand. Um, So we'll we'll go, uh, what, alphabetical order? So Dave, Dupe, Matt, Teach, right? Um, So the closest wins. Beckham, the Neville brothers, Giggs, Skulls and Nicky Butt are often known collectively as the class of 92 and are arguably the most famous group of wonder kids to come through a club system at the same time. However, accumulatively, 
how many senior caps did they win for their respective countries? We'll start with Dave. Countries. Um, how many caps altogether? 250. 250. Dupe? 311. 311, nice. Uh, nerd? Uh, 254. Teach? 7 million. <laughs> 7 million. <laughs> uh, the actual answer is 428. Oh, yeah. I like that question, so I thought, I thought we'd do it anyway. Yeah, well, David Beckham on his own got 115. Yeah, I knew he got over 100, but then I, I, I thought sort of Giggsy, and I knew Gary Neville got uh, a few. I know that's Giggs the thing. Sort of, I, I was I'm forgetting well. I wasn't sure about Giggs. Yeah. Well, because because Giggs was exiled for quite a while, wasn't he? So yeah, he didn't play as many as. He and the same as Paul Scholes. Paul Scholes. How, how many did it? Do you have how many caps Scholes got, Kurt Dog? Not many. Uh, it, was, it was like 50 or 60 something. Yeah, so I wrote not, down 48 as, as a guess when I was trying to. Trying to work it out. A good quiz once again, Kurt Dizzle, though. Thank well you very much. Well done, Dave, winning on a technicality. On a technicality. He, he, he loves that, really, because of the Warnock reference. Um, so, because uh, we've, we've rambled on quite a lot, we only have time for one question this week, which I think is, is quite nice, and it's quite lengthy, actually. I, I, we're almost tempted to save this one until... until uh, we get a bit nearer to FM19, assuming it happens. Um, in fact, we all know it's going to happen because they've already announced the licensing for, for Germany that comes in uh, November or whenever it's being released next year, this year. I'll get it right in a minute. Uh, anyway, the question is from Jamie Willis at the Home End 86 And not sure if this has been mentioned before. Do you think VAR will be introduced into FM19 and beyond? Interesting question with uh, all of the controversy recently surrounding it. Uh, Mr. Dupe? No. Because <laughs> That's fair enough. <laughs> I don't think it will, because it basically does it anyway. Like, it, everything, if it ball crosses a line, it's done all by computer. I, I can't see how it would even work, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't think it will be. Similar to goal goal line technology. I mean, they don't show that in the game. I've seen people ask Miles before, and he says it's a game; it can't be wrong, sort of thing. I think that would, fr- it w- if they had it in, uh, as in goal line technology and VAR, it would frustrate people even more because they'd have to put some sort of possibility of the officials getting a decision wrong, and then people would just direct more anger at SI. I think so, especially with how broken it is now in real life. I can't see them putting it in the game at the moment. But but there have been like there are instances of officials getting things wrong. Like I've yeah, had goals that are offside, yeah. definitely yeah. given against you know, or for me. Um, like I think I can't remember what game, what version of the game it was, but uh, it might be FM 15s. Like if the basically if you had a shot from outside the air, it came back off the post. If your player was in an offside position, tucked it away, it didn't matter. The goal was given. Like it, it definitely is in the game. So potentially they could turn that that particular mechanic up, um, and then bring in the VAR stuff. Like the the thing that concerns me, I mean, VAR is a mess anyway, complete mess. I think most people will agree on that. You know, the the idea is that it gives the right decision, and obviously, uh, it does. But it's a complete clusterfuck to get to that that point. Um, it seems to be the case in real life, and I just it worries me that SI would attempt to do something like this, like because I just think it would be a shambles. I don't think it's necessarily just 
just the shambles of, of, of implementing it though as well. I can only imagine the backlash um, from a media perspective, uh, people getting annoyed by it, getting, getting screwed over by that in a goal, like in a, in a final of some variety or something like that. I, I admittedly, yes, you'll get that same annoyance in real life, but I, I don't, they, they, they got slated on, on the steam reviews because of the, the language issues they've had in the past. Um, so I can't imagine that going down particularly well. And I think, Sega do even if SI don't hold their Steam reviews in quite high regard so I wonder if that would influence their decision more than anything else but that's that's about all we've got time for I think um, so uh, plugs galore before we uh, we finish off then folks, Mr Kurt Dog, where can people find you? Um, Kurt FM everywhere fantastic Mr. Dave has a party. Where can people find you? Uh, Dave has a party FM on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram, and Dave has a party on YouTube. Smashing, Mr. Dupe. Where can people find you? Um, FM Dupe everywhere. I forgot what the name was. That's what happens when you change it so many times. <laughs> uh, there's also a special link that Matt's going to put in the uh, in the Discord and uh, in the pod for uh, the multi as well, which is definitely a good way to watch the network. Say between me and Teach. Of course, that that hasn't happened, has it? Since we've that hasn't happened since uh, since we started the podcast. So yes, no. that will have to go in. There will be a a special link in the Sorry, description. I should have we should have discussed that before. I just assumed you know I just tell you in the pod. It's fine. It's if fine. it's recorded, it has to happen, right? <laughs> yeah, until I edit it out. Anyway, uh, Mr. Tobes, where can people find you? Officially, teach everywhere. Smashing, and uh, to round us off, you can find me at Nerdphonic everywhere. Marvellous stuff. Right, as uh, Dupe's been alluding to, or just basically stating overtly, uh, you can find all of the links for each of us in the description of this very podcast. Uh, the link for the uh, the We Stream FM Discord is also in the description of this very podcast, as will be the very special link for, for Dupe and Teachers Network Save, where you can view both sides of their save at the same time. Yes, marvellous magic of the internet. Uh, if you've enjoyed the podcast, then please leave us a, a review on uh, iTunes. It really helps us out. Make sure it's five stars because we, of course, are five-star potential. If you're a SoundCloudite, then please drop us a follow as you'll be notified of when we next upload a podcast, which, strange enough, is Monday mornings. Thank you very much for all of your questions this week. We will try and get round to some more next week. Don't forget, the best way is either tweeting us at 5starpod or asking a question in the 5 Star Potential section of the WeStream FM Discord. That's about us done for this week then. We have been 5 Star Potential, a WeStream FM production, and we'll see you all next week. Say goodbye, folks. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.